Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, good morning. As I mentioned, we're um, just changing the flow of things here a little bit this morning for a specific reason. And last weekend, we did a standalone message. We talked about how to really receive communion the right way, and we appreciate all of the, the good feedback. Wasn't that some good revelation on communion last week? And so I felt like I would just follow that up this week with a similar message. It's not a series. Sometimes as we transition from uh, the end of summer into September, we, we do a couple standalone messages instead of jumping right into a new series. And so we're going to do that again this morning. So here's, here's my title this morning, Approaching God Accurately. How do we approach God accurately? And I know all, all of us have some different um, maybe uh, theories or strategies or just feelings when it, when it comes to how, how we approach God accurately. And I, I mean that both corporately and individually. So you could receive that by saying, how do I approach the presence of God on my own? <clears throat> and how should we together approach God? What's the right way to do that? What's the most effective way to do that? Uh, what, what's the most sufficient way to do that? And I think a lot of times we determine if we feel like it's successful or not by how we feel. There's nothing wrong with the feel part, but if we sing a song we like or a lyric moves us or everything's going smooth for us, or we're just in a really, really, really sensitive, like, vibing mood, we can chalk it up to, oh, I finally got into God's presence the right way. And I think some of that is just the side effect, but it's not really the right strategy. So how many like to know, what, what's the most accurate way for me just to, to get into the presence of God? Okay, about half of you. All right, so the rest of half of you just stick with us here. So, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to help you just and tell you this, that any of you at any moment can approach God the right way. Matter of fact, I would say this to you, that God has given you an open invitation to approach him and his presence. So the uh, reason why I'm teaching this, I, I guess to summarize that would be to say, I want you to walk out of God's presence, so walk out of time a time in God's presence and just feel like you have honored God the right way and you have approached him the right way. And so let's have some fun with this message this morning. I'm going to start in Psalm chapter 100. And when I'm done, we're going to practice what I'm preaching to you this morning. That's why we changed the worship set up just a little bit. You know, the Bible says this, um, don't, just, don't just hear, but put it into practice. It actually says if you just hear and you don't put it into practice, it's like forgetting who you are. So how many know we're forgetful? All right, so we're, we're going to grasp this this morning. Here we go. This is Psalm chapter 100. I'm going to read you five verses, verse 1 through 5, and it says this. I, I love the verbiage of this particular translation, so I'm just going to read through it. I'm not going to rush through it, but I want you to um, grasp the words in this, in this passage of, of this, these few verses. Okay, so verse 1 says, lift up a great shout. Of joy to, Yah to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it. I like that. Y'all like that? Just, just do it, right? Um, sometimes we make it too complex. Raise up a shout. We know God deserves a shout, right? If God deserves a shout, guess what? Just go ahead and do it. Matter of fact, you, you could do it right now. <laughs> Finally, you got it. Okay. 
Yeah, how I many know he deserves a shout? Has he ever done anything good for you? Done anything great? All right, so go ahead and do it right now. Everyone, everywhere, worship Yahweh with what? Gladness. Worship. Worship God with gladness. Sing your way into his presence. Isn't that cool? Sing your way into his presence with what? With joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We're the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right now into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and he's always ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you. So kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows that our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. So what is the accurate passageway into the presence of God? How do we approach him accurately? Well, as usual, I'm going to give you three points. Here's number one. Gratitude is the gateway. Gratitude is the gateway to approach God. How do I, little old me, imperfect me, approach such a great, holy, magnificent God? It starts with, guess what? It starts with gratitude. And gratitude just means this. It means to have a thankful heart. Look at someone and say, be thankful. It's just this quality of having a, a, a thankful heart. It means I'm ready to show my appreciation. And so I like to say it this way. It sounds a little cliche, but uh, gratitude is actually an attitude. It's, it's a, a, a disposition that you and I have, a, a, a mood that we carry. It's the disposition of our life. And so gratitude actually is an attitude more than just a feeling that, that, that comes and goes. It should be the attitude by which, uh, how we live. So it's the gateway. If you were going to enter a venue, uh, let's say you're going to a show or a concert, how many of you got to enter the gate, right? You have to enter, you have to have a, a ticket. And gratitude is your ticket. It's the ticket to enter the doors. So if we're thinking about approaching God, once again, if it's individually, whether it's corporately on a Sunday morning, gratitude is what gets us in the gateway, or it's the gateway for us to begin to enter into God's presence. Second Thessalonians says this, let joy be your continual feast, make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always what? Giving thanks this is actually the perfect plan of God for you. Now think about, look at that verse. In the midst of everything, be always giving what? Thanks. That means it's a lifestyle. That means when everything is going super good, we should be what? Giving thanks. When things aren't super good, what should we be doing? Giving thanks. When things are a mess, what should we be doing? Giving thanks. When we're really secure, what should we do? Give thanks. When things feel a little insecure, what should we do? When you're on top of the mountain, what should you do? When you feel like you're in the valley, what should you do? It's a disposition of our life. It's an attitude of our life that we determine that we're going to live with uh, grateful hearts. I thought this was interesting. I found this this week that science says this. 
it, gratitude has some positive outcomes in your life. I just wrote a few of these down. First of all, it actually literally makes you healthier. If you would determine to have a, an attitude of gratitude, it actually makes you physically healthier. It makes you more creative. This is interesting. It gives energy to your relationships. Makes you more joyful, more peaceful, more successful, and actually more prosperous. So gratitude is important. It, it contributes to your success. It contributes to your prosperity. It contributes to your peace of mind. It contributes, it's just a contributor to your, the overall health of your life. So really the key to being thankful is just continuing to be grateful. And so, so how do I stay grateful? That's why so many times in the Bible, I actually talked about this last week, it tells us to remember. Don't forget. Remember. Don't forget. I'm so glad God put all that in there because I have a tendency to be forgetful. Have you ever just, I mean, you went through something and God just did something amazing. He brought you through. He blessed you. He turned something around. And maybe six months, a year down the road, you're facing something a little bit similar. And it's kind of like you forgot God did that. And like, oh my gosh, I'm about to go under. That's why the Bible says we got to keep remembering to be grateful, to be thankful. And so that's how the Bible says that we remain grateful is that we keep reflecting. We keep remembering the things that God has done and the things that God has, has, has always done for us. As we read, he's a God who tends to be faithful, doesn't he? Now, I believe a lot of times we don't fully or accurately enter into the gates of God's presence accurately because we struggle sometimes with remembering to stay grateful or to remain full of gratitude. I want you guys to just stop and think about, think about somebody that you know that just has an attitude of gratitude. They just always seem so grateful. Think about why they seem so grateful. Think about the disposition of their life. Now I want you to think about somebody, don't shout any names out, don't look around, just look straight ahead, but somebody that is less than grateful, not really, uh, they don't really carry themselves with an attitude of gratitude, uh, they're, they're the opposite of being grateful, being thankful. Think about what they sound like, how they make you feel. Well, obviously that first person that you thought about, th that's an attractive person, you want to be around that. The other person is the person that you see coming down the aisle at the grocery store and you're like, quick, go this way. Because <laughs> they have a tendency to gripe and complain and tell you everything negative, everything is wrong with everything. And so here's some signs that you may be struggling with staying grateful. And these are interesting and, and here's why I think they're important. This is not going to be a list of some things that are going to surprise you. But if you see that some of these are a little more consistent in your life, I'm not talking about you just had a, a bad hour. I'm talking about some consistencies in your life. The reason why they're so important is because these things will contribute to you approaching God inaccurately. And I'll explain that as, as we go on. These are, these are real distractions to being grateful. Remember, what gratitude will do for you, makes your whole life healthier. But these are some signs, these consistent things. I'm just going to talk to them. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one. But one, if you, if you feel like you really remain fearful, 
it's a sign that you're struggling with some gratitude. Now think about that. Not just having a fearful moment, just some consistent fear. Why? Because we know that God is our protector. We know that God is for us, not against us. I don't have to go into all that, but I'm talking about if these things are lingering in your life. Anger, I mean, real consistent anger is another sign. Um, if, if you lack real joy and you lack real peace, I mean consistently, just really lacking this in your life. Worry, doubt. I mean consistent, overwhelming worry and doubt. Then there's some interesting ones that I feel really, really go well together. If we're really critical, I mean really critical of every, have you ever just found yourself just in a funk and just, you really feel critical about every, your boss, your neighbor, your kids, your spouse, person, which is just a critical, can be a critical spirit. Being discontent, complaining a lot. So you, you can't complain and praise at the same time. And then there's some others like just being resentful about things in life, staying bitter about things in life. Blaming everyone for everything else. Just negative. Just Remember I talked about the person that you dodge at Walmart? Because you see him coming, it's just going to be negative, negative. It's a nice day. Yeah, but storm's coming. It's going to rain at 4 o'clock. They're just predictive of these. Uncooperative. Lack of joy, lack of peace. Some people just feel entitled. We're in a culture right now of just entitled people. And then here's, here's one I want to just say something about. I call it just having a victim mentality. A victim mentality. Thursday night, I had the privilege of um, being the speaker at our, I spoke Monday night and Thursday night at our, our camp, and the last few nights of camp were for our teenagers, and right before I walked up, um, God spoke something to me, so I got up and I, I said it to them, but when I said it, in the back of my mind, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to say this on Sunday morning too. So when that happens, I'm like, okay, God, you have to remind me because as the scriptures are in there for me, I have a tendency of forgetting. And so when I saw, looked through my notes this morning, it, it clicked back in my mind. And I will tell this to you just like I told them, and this is, I feel like, from the heart of God that I want you to get this because uh, it made complete sense to those young people, but it will make complete sense to you. Let me tell you what culture is wanting to do to you right now, make you a victim. You know what our education system is trying to do to most of us right now? Make you a victim. That doesn't mean all of our educators are, I'm just saying the spirit behind someone. You know what our entertainment industry is trying to do right now? Make you a victim. Science, you know what it's trying to do right now? Make you a victim. You know what our government's trying to do right now? Make you a victim. You know what the enemy's trying to do to you in your life right now? Make you a victim. And I can't find anywhere in scripture that God ever calls you a victim. Because I find in scriptures that God is reminding you that you are more than a conqueror in all things. 
He has declared a hooper nico over you. You've heard me say this, but that's a Greek word that means you are more than a, cha- a champion. Nikos. A lot of you were Nikes. It means to be more than the champion. That's where that came from, the Greek word. But, but he calls you more than a It actually says you are a surpassing conqueror in all of these things. That's why the enemy knows that you are a conqueror. You're a champion, not a chump. And so God knows that. The enemy also knows that about you. So he's trying to deceive you and warp your thinking into thinking that you are a victim. And the problem with we do not um, stir up an attitude of gratitude within ourselves, we will approach the presence of God with a victim mentality, with a lack of joy, with a lack of peace, with a negative attitude, with criticalness and complaining. And you cannot enter the gates that way. You have got to enter the gates with gratitude. Do you know how many, not you guys, but you know how many people walk in churches on Sunday mornings with a critical, negative, beat down, fearful, victim mentality. And they walk in and they leave unchanged. Let me tell you the best way for you, whether it's getting in your car, whether it's being in your office or your cubicle or wherever you're at, to really approach the presence of God or gathering here on a Sunday morning is making sure that you have a stop moment and check how grateful you are. Remember how consistent God has been. Remember how faithful God has been. Are you hearing me? That's how you begin to approach God. And I know what it's like. It's been, you know, my, my kids are um, a little bit older now, so they, they, they bring themselves to church. But, but I do remember when they were younger, And I've been there when it's Sunday morning. Woo! How many know everything goes wrong on a Sunday morning that doesn't go wrong the rest of the week? Everything that can burn does burn. Every attitude that your spouse could have, they have. All week long, your hair has been on spot, and on Sunday morning, it's crazy. Are y'all hearing me? We're going to church to worship God. (laughs) And everything that can mess with us, messes with us. And we fuss with our kids and our spouse all the way to church. We pull in the parking lot. We get stuck in a parking spot we don't want to be in. (laughs) We get to church, and the air conditioner goes out. Because I'll be honest with you, we had a couple weeks of air conditioner problems. It never breaks Monday through Saturday. We've had some water issues. Those toilets worked Monday through Saturday. And on Sunday morning, the devil gets in them. I don't know what happens. Winter storms on the Weather Channel. They don't happen Monday through Saturday. They happen somewhere between midnight. I'm just saying there's a lot that challenges us. We've got to stop and just remember and be grateful. That's how you get through the gates. That's how we get through the gates. Isn't that good? So gratitude is the key to get through the gates to approach God. Just remembering who God is. Remembering what God has done. Remembering his benefits. So if you want to get all you can out of a Sunday morning or a moment on your own with God, you have to stop and be grateful. That's where it starts. Don't rush in with a negative attitude. Don't rush in with all of your worry. Don't rush in with all of your victim mentality. Put that on the shelf and get grateful for a moment. Or you'll worship God in worry. You will worship God in doubt. 
You will worship God without any joy. You will worship God without any peace. You will worship God with a complaining spirit, a critical, a critical spirit, or a fearful spirit. We've got to stop, eliminate that, and just get grateful for a moment. That's how you get in the gates. Ready for point number two? Point number two goes like this. So if, um, gratitude gets us in the gates. Praise becomes the pathway. Think about that. Gratitude gets me in the gates. You go in the venue, you got your ticket, it's gratitude, you get in the gates. But what's the real pathway to God's presence? It's this thing that we call praise. Matter of fact, let me help you with this. Gratitude obviously is important because it means to feel thankful in your heart. But here's why praise is so important, because praise gives gratitude a voice. So gratitude only counts so much because you're feeling it in your heart. You're stirring it up in your heart. But, it, but you have to give <clears throat> your gratitude a voice. Because if I just feel thankful, that's only half of it. I have to say I'm thankful. I have to express my appreciation. I have to express <clears throat> my gratitude. So praise is what gives Gratitude is proper voice. Psalm chapter 48, verse 1. I love this. It says, there are so <clears throat> many reasons to describe God as wonderful. Isn't that good right there? There are so many reasons. There are too many reasons for us to stay ungrateful. There are too many reasons for us to stay quiet. There are too many reasons for us to stay critical. There are too many reasons for us to stay in fear. There are just too many reasons for us to be quiet. There are so many reasons to praise him with unlimited praise. I would say this to you. If God never did anything else on your behalf from now until you quit breathing, he's already done enough. <clears throat> but I'm glad he keeps doing good. But what praise does is it gives that gratitude a voice. This is the proper way to get into the presence of God, whether you're in your car, at home in your living room, or you're here corporately, I, I've got to stop and have a grateful moment. So from this moment on, don't you ever come in on a Sunday morning and be ungrateful. Because <laughs> you'll miss what God wants to do. And don't ever come on a Sunday or in the presence of God and not give gratitude its voice. You, you know what praise really means? It means, uh, it means celebration. It's really what it means. How many know God's worth celebrating? He's, he's, he is worth celebrating. Praise is a joyful outward expression of what we inwardly feel and believe. It's a joyful outward expression of what I am feeling and believing on the inside. It literally means this. You ready for this? It means stir up your flesh, give God applause, approve of God, commend him for all that he has done. When I think of everything that God has done, I can't help but do what? Praise him. If you just like, mm, God's done a lot, I'm grateful. That's not how you really approach God. That's where it starts. But you have to take that feeling and that thought and celebrate it. You know, why, why is it that, <clears throat> I, I remember a few years ago, um, 
my, my neighbor, her, her uh, daughter and son-in-law moved to uh, Charlotte, and they began attending Elevation Church. And this was her comment to me. She's like, oh, see, I went there, but it's one of those churches that uh, they put their hands up and everything during, during singing. Like, that was a big deal. Like, oh, it's one of those churches. I didn't say anything because I'm like, I sort of think that's normal. <laughs> she said that. And I thought, so that would be like saying you went to one of those ball games, got excited about one of those touchdowns, and put your hands up in the air and hugged everyone you didn't know and jumped up and down and act like an idiot because someone scored a touchdown. It's one of those games. <laughs> As if we're to go to the ball game and be like, that touchdown was a blessing. Yes, it was a blessing. <laughs> Drug test that crowd, right? But we, get, we can get excited about these other things, but we can't get, they celebrate the goodness of God. So when we begin to remember how good God is, we have to give God, we have to put that gratitude into an expression. And that's what praise is. Actually, the book of Isaiah said this, I created a people to praise me. It's what you and I were, it's in our DNA. It's what we were created to do. And when we're praising him, it just feels right. You know why it feels right? It's what I was born to do. It's what I was created to do. I'm talking about this is how we really approach God. With gratitude and just with celebration for everything that God has done. And I've shared this to you before, but this... This often gives people really, really, just gives them a good revelation. You know, the Bible says this all the way back in the beginning, that there was an angel, his name was Lucifer, and his role as an archangel was, he was worship. In some way, form, or fashion, worship was built into who he was as an angel. The string instruments, the brass instruments, the percussion, all of that was some way built into him, and he led and brought worship before God around the throne. Well, you guys know the, the unfolding of that story is that Lucifer, because of pride, stood up and raised himself up against God, and a third of the angels began to follow him, and God ejected them from heaven. He didn't eject them from heaven quietly or politely. He kicked them out of heaven. And, and Jesus actually said, I saw him fall like lightning. Now think about this. When Lucifer fell from heaven and he crashed into the dust and the ground of this earth, everything that was his position and his purpose, all of that worship that was in him, all of that prayer, all of those instruments crashed into the dust of the ground. And he lost what he was created to do. That's why everything he does now is a counterfeit. But up out of that dust, God said, I'm going to do what? I'm going to create me a man, and, and out of that man, I'm going to create woman. And so out of the dust where worship was disposed of, we were made out of that dust. What was once the enemy, Lucifer, what was once his role and his purpose, which was worship, was now given to you and me. Those instruments that came out of the dust are now what we worship God with. That voice is now what we sing to God with. It's what you and I were actually created to do. And that praise becomes a pathway to the presence of God. 
And praise, praise is, praise is, is, is action. When we see in scripture, and I want to say this, I've said this before, and this bothers some people. If it bothers you, you got to, you got to work this out because there's sometimes people say what I'm about to tell you um, out of like their own opinion. Sometimes, sometimes it's sort of out of a, um, maybe a, a good intention, but, but it's inaccurate. How, how, how many know we can think and feel something, but if it's really not what the Bible says, we need to adjust it. Scripture doesn't adjust to us. We adjust to Scripture. And I've heard people over the years, like I said, sometimes it was just out of a prideful statement and they didn't even know it, but sometimes it was just out of not understanding. But I want you to get this because this might bother you and if it bothers you, you've got to work this out. We do not worship God like we want to. Here's what I mean. Some people say, well, this is just how I worship God. This is how I do it. We don't do that. We worship God the way the scripture tells us to worship. Here's what I mean by that. Um, that we all, we all have different tendencies and we have different personalities. Like, for example, I'm more reserved. My wife's more expressive. My wife walks in the room. You've got four hugs already. You know she loves you. I'm in the corner and you're like, I don't think he even likes me, right? We just have different expressions, okay? So this is easy for her. But for me, I, I've had to really pay attention to Scripture because there is nowhere in Scripture that this is just how I worship God, just how I do it. This is not gratitude, and this is not praise. When it comes to praise, the Bible says we do some things. We clap. We shout. We make a joyful noise. The Bible says that we, there's even places in the Bible says we dance in his presence. We raise our voices with a shout. This is praise. This is celebration. Uh, you got to get this picture. Let's say you ask me, has God ever done anything good for you? Do you appreciate what God's done for you? Yep, this is how I show him right here. <laughs> I am so full of celebration and excitement for what God has done. <laughs> I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. So we come in and sometimes, sometimes we're approaching God by how we feel. If Pastor Mitch plays our favorite song, look out. <laughs> but if we don't like that song they sang... Or sometimes it's the style. The Bible just says make a joyful noise. It could be you in the shower. It could be a hymn. It could be contemporary, modern, whatever. It, it, but that's just style. But if we really want to approach God, we have to get our praise on. And our praise is, it's hands up. It's, and usually this is just... It really is a barometer of how grateful we are and how much we want to celebrate God. No, this is just how I do it. Nope. I'm an introvert. This is how I do it. Well, let me help you. You've been doing it wrong. We're just trying to help you, okay? You can't receive like this. It don't work, but you can receive like this. You can't receive like this. You've got to receive What we have done, we have taken the presence of God and made it about how we feel or what we think or our opinion is. And that is not celebration. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Just trying to help you. 
I love what that translation, it says praise is actually the password. How many of you guys have ever like um, gone online on your app or trying to, been fill, fill, you know, you're, you're filling out an online form and you get to that place, put your username and your password. How many of you have ever forgotten your password? Have you ever most, like, almost lost your Jesus over that? I'm like, I can't remember my password. I know it's there somewhere. Then you got to send the email. They send it back. That is one of the most frustrating things. But when you forget the password, you don't have access. And it praises a password, and you've forgotten the password. You've, clo- you've closed off your access. Now, I thought that was a lot better than how you all were acting. I thought that was actually going to be. I thought you were going to be like, oh, that's great right there. I'm like, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. <clears throat> But the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, but enter the courts with praise. The courts were just the open outside areas of the Holy of Holies. It was, the, it was like getting in the gates and then the open space before you get into the seating area. And Psalm says this, I think it's Psalm 84, it says, uh, one day in those courts, are better than a thousand outside. Hey, just give me a day inside there. Just, just get, if I get through the gates and I just get into, I just get into the court. Give me a day there. That's better than a thousand outside there. That's better than a thousand listening to the media. That's better than a thousand hearing from the government. That's about a thousand hearing from science. That's just, just that's just one day right here is better than a thousand out there. So how do we approach God? We, 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 we've got gate, gratitude is the gateway. Praise is the pathway. Here's the last life point. Worship is the right of way. Worship is the right of way. Now, praise and worship are different. Praise means to celebrate what God's done. Worship literally means this. It literally means to stare at God. Stare at God and adore him for who he is. But you know, you can't get to the place of adoration without taking yourself through the grates of gratitude, without taking the pathway of praise. There's a right of way. The Bible calls it worship. Worship is, is more intimate. Worship is where we stare at God and we adore him. And not only we do we adore him, we abandon us. That's what happens in worship. We abandon us. We adore God. We just empty out ourselves. I made this joke before, and you've laughed, and it is kind of funny. But if I, if I want to be, like, romantic or serious with my wife or tell her how much I love her, an intimate moment... I don't get in here and face go, you are awesome, I love you. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> if you've been doing that, dude, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's got to be more intimate, right? It, it, it's a flower. It's a card. It's I love you. How you doing? It, it's, it's an intimate thing. It's the same thing with worship. So, you know, gratitude lets us dump that wrong attitude outside the gates, lets us get into the open courts. But it's just a pathway. But the right of way is worship. It's worship. 
Jesus had this encounter with a Samaritan woman at a well. She had this whole discussion with him about where do you worship? And some say here and some say there. And Jesus answered her and, and he said this, John chapter 4. He said, well, from now on, worshiping the Father is not going to be a matter of the right place. But it's actually the right what? It's the right heart. God's a spirit and he longs to have this sincere he longs to have sincere worshipers who really adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. I love that scripture and we know that scripture because when you the goal isn't to get in the gates. The goal is not to stay in the courts. The goal is to get face to face in an intimate place with God and stare at God. The goal isn't to just sing about God. The goal is to get to a place where we get where we can sing to God. The goal isn't to stay where we're just declaring what God's done, but to be face to face with who God is. And you know what I noticed in, in this context of praise and worship? The Bible said when it comes to praise, if you're not going to do it, creation's going to sing out. Rocks and stones will sing out. But in the context of worship, it doesn't say that God is looking for worship. He said he's looking for worshipers. He's not seeking worship. He's seeking worshipers, and that's a lifestyle. He says it's not about a place. It's not about a time. It's about your heart. God seeking worshipers, not worship. I, I, I'm going to close this, but I want you to think about this question. Isn't this good? If, if you could evaluate you and just get a glimpse of what is the prevailing mood in your life, what would it be? Prevailing, I mean consistent. Not you just had a bad morning. But a prevailing. Is, is there prevailing fear, prevailing criticalness, prevailing complaining, prevailing negative, prevailing victim mentality? Is that prevailing? Because if it is, it's a good chance that may have become the atmosphere of our life instead of worship. And atmosphere gives off, um, I'm, going, I'm going to use a word here that if you, um, if you like to watch TV shows where they remodel homes and do all of that, you hear this word, it's an old French word, ambiance. What's the ambiance of the room? That's why we arrange furniture a certain way. We use certain paints and we do those sort of, sort of things. And so atmosphere creates the ambiance. I, I just put it in my word. It, it puts off a vibe or a mood or a setting. It literally means this, to exist on all sides. What is the prevailing ambiance of our lives? I want you to know, is it the direct result of our atmosphere? If worship 
becomes the prevailing atmosphere of our lives, the ambiance of our lives, this lifestyle of my life and your life is the presence of Jesus. And there are a lot of things competing for your environment and your atmosphere. Now, when we, when we moved to this facility, we, we, went, we had all kinds of meetings before we got here because we said we want to be very intentional about the atmosphere and the environments around here. What it looks like, what create, what it makes people feel like, how they feel welcome, the atmosphere on the stage, the room, the kids' rooms, all, and we overhauled everything. And we were so intentional about it. And what I hear all the time now is, oh, this and that, this is great. And, and we've even, we've done some changes even recently. Why? We're very intentional about the atmosphere and the ambiance. Because it creates, for us it was all about connection because we couldn't do that in our old building and it lets us do that. So, so let, me, let me bring those two thoughts together. How intentional are you about the atmosphere and the ambiance of your life? Because it will create and produce one thing or the other. If I'm intentional about the atmosphere of my heart and my life and that being worship, it's the ambiance, it's what will exist on all sides. But we have to be intentional about it. Because even though it's what we were created to do, there are a lot of things competing for our attention, our environment, our thoughts, our feelings. There are a lot of distractions as well. But I want to challenge you with this. When it comes to worship, and worship isn't just a three-song set on Sunday morning, but it does include that. We need to be very intentional about our lives, the atmosphere and the ambiance of our lives. And if we are, it will produce the outcomes and the culture and the vibe and the mood that we want it to. So here's how we're real intentional. One, we make sure that we are always entering the gates with what? Gratitude. If we're talking corporately, before you step out of the car, cross the parking lot, enter the doors and find your seat, if you've got to drop your head for a minute and get grateful, that's how you're going to make sure that you're actually going to encounter God on a Sunday morning. Praise becomes that pathway and worship is the right of way. It is really, really challenging to go from fear to adoration. It's really, really challenging to go from doubt to adoration. It is really, really challenging to go from a critical negative spirit to adoration. We gotta dump that stuff. We gotta stir up gratitude, get through the gates, get to the courts, get our praise on, celebrate all that God has done. And that's the, becomes worship being the right of way to being in a place where we adore God for who he is. And that's the place of adoration that's the place of abandonment. And when we can get up and get out of the way, oh, what God can do. What God can do. He could deliver. He could heal. He could set free. He could even change your stinking thinking. He could alter opinions. He could revolutionize something in your life. He could change something in your life. He possibly give him enough time in his presence could even change you 
Isn't that what we need? The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today. He does not need to alter, but man, you and me, we need to change. Have you ever noticed this? When you feel like you're just getting there with God, all of a sudden it's like, he's like, well, now let me get that out of you. Like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. I gave you the other one, now you want this. And all of a sudden, God takes out some fear, and God takes out some. Doesn't just happen because of sermons. That's revelation, but man in his presence, what God can do, what God can do. So what we're going to do for a few moments is we're just going to practice what I just preached. So can we all stand for a moment? That's why we change the order. We usually do all that, then I share. Anyone get something good this morning?